Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Startup Legends podcast, tuning in from different countries all over the startup ecosystem globally. Today with us, we have Sumit Bhatia coming in from the Rogers Cybersecure Catalyst, who's going to talk a lot about the new program that they're launching, things about what to expect, and we're going to dive deep into the world of accelerators. Remember, here at Startup Legends, we interview rockstar entrepreneurs, inventors, and investors, accelerators, ecosystem leaders, and anybody doing some making noise in the startup ecosystem. So with that, we've got here an incredible guest in Sumit, who has come from a tech background himself, working in software, uh, working in the world of academics, and he's going to go deeper into his background. But right now, he sits as the Director of Innovation and Policy at the Rogers Cybersecure Catalyst. And without further ado, Sumit, how are you doing today? Great, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. And I'd love, love, love to start off with learning a bit about you. Tell us a bit about you and in your background and how you got to this point in your career. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I'm I'm currently in cybersecurity, but I've had a really eclectic journey of uh, getting here. Uh, my career actually started in uh, finance and uh, in, in the eurobond trading sector, and then moved on to uh, being part of a software startup, uh, which I was a part of for almost about five years, and then moved on to having two startups of my own largely in the digital publishing space, as well as the creative technology space. And then after that piece, uh, I, I moved on to teaching and I ran a couple of uh, creative programs for Seneca College, where I was heading up the digital media arts, interactive media and design program, and then later the video game uh, design and animation programs as well. And a lot of my work started happening in the areas of AI and ethics and technology and the human impact and cybersecurity just became such an important part of that conversation. As you know, uh, privacy and cybersecurity are a key component of uh, the human impact of technology. And so that's what led me to the current role that I'm in. But it's been a fantastic journey. So that's such a wide range of backgrounds. And you're right, the human condition is very much um, affected by technology. And one of the biggest ways is security. Um, if we don't can't protect the privacy of our data, of our, uh, you know, the way we deal and we interact technologies, it poses a bigger threat than it does an advantage to us. And so how do you believe that coming from your different backgrounds, you've got an insight or you've seen these potential areas of risk or threat uh, coming up? Yeah, great question, uh, Ashley. I think, you know, part of it is that technology has become so ubiquitous in our daily lives. We're using it at every touch point, whether to interact with people, whether to conduct business or whether to actually grow um, ourselves personally and professionally. All aspects are being touched by technology. And I think one of the key parts that I always try to remind folks is understanding the principles of how technology operates, understanding the concept of data and how it travels and understanding that when we engage with technology, there are certain responsibilities we hold to ensure that those interactions are done in a safe and private way, if that's what we choose. Um, but also recognizing that our actions directly create vulnerability and exposure for others to target us. And if we don't keep that top of mind, then we're not building that into our actions and we're not building that into our products. And today, with the launch of new technology and products, we know that thinking about privacy and security is such a critical component 
and not just uh, you know critical from from a development perspective, but critical from a privacy and compliance and regulatory perspective. And so my my thinking always goes to help people understand that this should not be an afterthought. This has to be top of mind and a part of our actions and and uh, strategically thought of as we make decisions in technology. Yeah, I, I can see the passion oozing from your words over there. So, but I I, th- I can see that you've not only gone or witnessed the you know the great benefits it can bring, but you can you also seen some of the downfalls that that it, that has brought about. And I and then it's it's very clear that as we start moving deeper into technology, as we go into what's coming up with Web three, the metaverse, um, and as technology's adoption gets even readily larger in our in our societies, that we also have the right bodies that go in and protect the public, that protect everything, which is a, a huge part of what the what your your group is doing at uh, the Rogers Cybersecure Catalyst. And I, I'd love to, you know, kind of now dive into the actual organization as a whole, the Rogers Cybersecure Catalyst. Can, can you talk a bit about that and, and your your role there? Absolutely, yeah. So the Rogers Cybersecure Catalyst was founded about three years ago. And we operate as one of the national centers of cybersecurity under, uh, housed under Ryerson University. And as a part of our work, we really operate in four key areas. One of them is training and certification, where we've actually launched a program to help develop careers in cybersecurity, both through reskilling and upskilling initiatives. And we actually target that program right now. The program's running for four core groups, women in cyber, new Canadians in cyber, displaced workers in cyber or those who have been displaced as a result of technology and development. And the fourth group is uh, a youth program specifically towards folks coming out of high school from 19 until 30, building out their first careers in cybersecurity. Uh, Our second piece uh, or second pillar is around corporate training, where we've got a a ton of programming, uh, both curated and uh, customized training programs for uh, mid-level to senior level management for board members, for CXOs. We're really thinking about how to build cybersecurity into the strategic planning framework, to start thinking about integrating it into some key decisions, into different business units, and have it interoperable between those different business units. So we help uh, provide training on that. But alongside, we also provide technical training for those technical team members that are looking to grow their sales in cyber uh, and advance in leadership positions. The, in parallel to that, uh, actually, we also run something called a cyber range, which the simplest way for me to explain it is what a flight simulator is to flight training, a cyber range is to cybersecurity training. So it's a really elite um, uh, sort of simulation-based environment where you can map your own networks or access other networks to develop both offensive and defensive techniques, have teams come and participate in them from different perspectives. You, know, you can use it for doing research. Uh, and development. You can use it as a startup for product validation and market validation uh, testing as well. So the cyber range is certainly one of our crown jewels, and we've tried to make it accessible to a lot of diverse groups. Before today, it was largely accessible by enterprises or some key sectors uh, in government, like the military and the police forces. Now we're trying to make it more accessible to academia, to startups, to HR professionals, uh, and the likes of that. Okay. The third. Uh, yeah. So, sorry, so, so ahead, I, yeah. no, no. I, I wanted to. This is in, insanely cool. Like the. I, and I. One, once you do end up talking about the the programs, the, I want to come back to this. So I just wanted to make a note. But yeah, go for it. The, what's the next pillar? Uh, so the next pillar is our public policy arm, 
where we run an organization called a Cybersecure Policy Exchange, uh, where we focus on tabling both research, identifying gaps in the sector, as well as tabling public policy proposals that function at the cross-section of privacy and cybersecurity. And uh, over the last year and a half or two years that we've uh, been operating on that, we've focused in three key areas. Uh, one being social media as it relates to encryption policies, misinformation, uh, and how to contain that. In IoT, we're focusing largely on critical infrastructure and smart city initiatives, uh, and biometrics with a focus on facial recognition. And every year we continue to expand our mandate. Uh, and we've seen a lot of momentum in that space just because of all of the activity that's happening, especially in the privacy and the governance and the compliance spaces, that we're starting to have a voice and a seat at the table to make those contributions. Uh, the fourth part of our work uh, is our business accelerator, which I will certainly talk more about. But the Catalyst Cyber Accelerator is a, a place for scale-ups that are primarily operating in the sector of cybersecurity that are looking to grow uh, their companies uh, and take it to that next level of growth. Uh, by scale-ups, I'm largely focused on you know, companies that are established, have a product in market, have an established leadership team, and I can provide you some more details on that. But uh, you know, over the last, uh, I'd say the last four months, we've also realized we've got to support the other side of the spectrum. So we are starting to bring in more earlier stage companies to the equation as well. Uh, and there's some fantastic programming happening there, and I'll get into some more details. And lastly, I'd say is uh, the work that we do in the public uh, education arena. We've created a program for K-12 to uh, so that youth can be educated on cybersecurity. We've got resources for uh, teachers who can create curriculum in schools for cybersecurity. And then, of course, one of our uh, key areas of programming is uh, the program we've launched for small medium businesses called Simply Secure, which is a free awareness-based program for small medium businesses to start thinking about how to build cybersecurity into their organizations and to understand the risk associated with cyber uh, and uh, really uh, start thinking of the business risk associated with cyber, not just the technical risk. So uh, hopefully that gives you a quick uh, spectrum of all of the areas that we're operating in. It's an, it's an incredible ecosystem. How, how big is this, this entire organization that, that handles all of this? Yeah, we're, we're about 30 uh, so people right now, Ashley. And, you know, a big part of our focus for how we've developed the organization is that uh, cybersecurity needs to have a holistic approach. Yes, you yes. Know, we need to connect startups to policy makers. We need to think about training and how to create uh, more opportunities for folks to participate in the workforce. We need to think about training for our leaders. And so our goal has to be, uh, been to take a much more holistic approach to cyber and ensure that we can cover all of the different parts of the ecosystem and develop that ecosystem. And, and so like this is, yeah, again, incredible work all the way from government policy, uh, academic, the startup uh, landscape, the programming. I, I mean, the, the education piece of it is something that I had no idea even before we, you just mentioned it now. I know we've been talking for a bit, but that aspect of teaching K to 12, learning early, giving, giving teachers the ability to build plans around it, is is by and far the, the how we help the next generation also prepare for what is to come because this is the threats we face today are probably just for us and, and backwards looking and maybe a little bit forwards but there are much more to come and we need to be prepared for that so it, it's an incredible ecosystem and I'm and I'm I can tell you're so glad to be at, at the center of all of this now. How does the accelerator, which we're here to launch and talk about the, the new program, how does this the business accelerator play a great role in this ecosystem? 
Absolutely. I think, you know, like other incubators, accelerators, our focus has really been to create a space for innovation. And I always say this, like we, uh, you know, we've seen our ecosystem in this space support innovation. And I think one of the things that we need to do is drive innovation. How do we actually create opportunities for the innovation sector to connect with other parts of their ecosystem so they can actually think about new ideas? They can think about how to collaborate with each other and again, continue to drive the ecosystem forward. So our focus at the accelerator up till now has really been companies that are coming in with an established product and market. Um, they're coming in with an established leadership team. They usually have a minimum uh, monthly recurring revenue of about 10K or so uh, and growing. And uh, of course, they're looking for support on that growth journey, whether that's sales or pipeline development, whether that's thinking about an IP strategy, whether that's product road mapping in the next step. So at the Accelerator, we have now graduated about 15 companies. But the beauty of the Accelerator really is the network we've created around it. And actually, our Accelerator is supported by 11 fantastic uh, enterprise partners, ranging from you know, Microsoft, Amazon Web Services, Rogers uh, Communications, RBC, General Dynamic Mission Systems, Two Keys Canada, uh, Tories Law Firm, uh, Sun Life, Siemens Canada. So an amazing assortment of enterprises who bring their leadership team and their cybersecurity teams to guide and help support our entrepreneurs. And then we've got almost about 23 or so uh, entrepreneurs in residence that support the program with one-on-one -on -one mentorship for all of our um, cohort members and continue to help them as sounding boards and as advisors and consultants over their time in the uh, accelerator. So we've seen a lot of great success come out of it. Yeah, I like what you said specifically that you just don't, you don't want to just be a supporter of innovation. You want to help build that innovation, right? And you know, this is a different landscape when you come in to support. Sometimes you have to correct the mistakes that are made initially early. The best thing about building and helping foster innovation at the earlier stages is that you get a chance to put in frameworks and and mentalities that will not be looking, not be uh, requiring two steps forward, three, one step back mentality, which moves innovation faster. So now, specifically, you said you talked about going earlier. You talked about going to the earlier stages and saying that we need to support it. Is, what is this current program that we have come to here and launch on Startup Legends? What is the name of it? And tell us a bit about it. Yeah, no, so our, our program still operates largely under the umbrella of the Catalyst Cyber Accelerator. But this particular cohort, what we realized was we were seeing some amazing companies apply to the program and they were falling just short of our criteria. Uh, but the promise that they demonstrated, the commitment they demonstrated, the innovation that they were showcasing was really uh, profound. And over after about a year, we realized that in order for us to continue to drive scale ups, we actually have to start startups who can become scale ups. So we have to support the other end of the spectrum as well. And so this particular cohort that we've launched is a pilot for us. We brought in a slightly earlier stage company. Uh, some of them are pre-revenue. Some of them are just kicking off their product development uh, roadmaps. And the hope really is to help them move from thinking about technology and solution to thinking about business and sustainability at the same time, to think about structure and strategy so that they can build that into their workflows right from the beginning. And then of course, you know, recognizing some key questions that I know uh, you're familiar with in this landscape is investor readiness. When is the right time to raise money? When is the right time to go to what type of investor? And what are we really raising money for? Are we dissolving us or diluting ourselves too early? Or are we taking the right steps? So 
those are questions that sometimes early stage companies struggle with. And our real hope has been to get them to start thinking about those questions early so that the foundation of their organizations is strong. And as they're thinking about building the product lines on top of that, that they're uh, you know, founded in some strategic alignment to the rest of the things that are operating under a business. I mean, if any company that, that's at that early stage, I think not only the fact that there's a program helping them on both the cybersecurity side and the business side of investment readiness and the next journey is awesome, but you know, you're also attached to this ecosystem around you of policy, um, corporates, uh, you know, various different players. Do, do the companies also benefit from being part of this ecosystem, being able to reach out um, easily to a, a corporate company like a, like a Rogers and RBC? Do they get a benefit of being able to understand the policy of what's happening now, what's coming next and being in trance when they build the you know, I guess the, the, their own policies, the way they build their systems, it's also adherence to what's coming? Absolutely. I think that's uh, that's a very important part of how we operate, actually. What, you know, we uh, take a very hands-on approach to how we work with our companies. And our mentors are extremely hands-on with the work that they do, which means uh, our companies are meeting our corporate partners on a weekly basis. They have sessions with their core mentors on a weekly basis. I would say an average uh, company in our cohort is spending up at least about uh, 15 to 20 hours of, you know, touch point time with the different parts of our ecosystem. Uh, and of course, in addition to the support that our mentors are providing, the other part is the uh, ecosystem we're building around the Catalyst. So the fact that we are now graduating uh, students and alumni with cybersecurity certifications means there's a place for our startups to think about where can they go for recruitment in a place where cyber talent is tight. Um, when we think about you know, policy discussions, we think about alignment to the work that our companies are doing. Which are the areas that we want to participate in uh, where they can actually have a seat at the table around those conversations as well, giving them access to our cyber range for product testing or validation uh, and their own internal training initiatives. And then, of course, getting them to really participate in some key sectors like small, medium businesses. We know right now that the SMB sector is a big a part of where we're trying to drive our attention in, in cybersecurity uh, and to support that sector. And we've had companies that are doing some amazing work in supporting that as well. So connecting the dots and creating support structures within our ecosystem has been a big part of how we operate as an accelerator. It's not easy. I know I, I've worked with so many different programs and venture studios and stuff, building this foundation as it's continuously to grow, uh, especially when you know, you've got, when you've got government policy, you've got things in there, it makes it, you know, there is a lot of complications that come about and navigating it must not be easy. However, it's very important, as you said. So, you know, now the, like the million dollar question that a lot of companies at home who are listening in, the startups, the founders, um, they, they want to know, like, what exactly are the types of companies you're looking for for this program? Like right now, what is I, in terms of what we call a thesis, what are they, who are they, what stages, what are they doing? How can I listen at home and say, hey, you know what? This sounds like me. I feel like I'd have a good chance and maybe I should take, take a shot at applying to see if I can get it. Absolutely. I, I'd say our sweet spot is probably companies that are at the seed stage. And we've made some exceptions for companies that are at the pre-seed stage, as well as companies that are now going into the Series A. But I'd say as a sweet spot, the type of support and the type of programming and the network that we have can really benefit companies that are at the seed stage and looking to uh, grow quite rapidly. Uh, but you know, a, a point that you raise is what kind of companies. And cybersecurity 
is a really interesting domain in that it applies in such a broad way. Security is a part of every technology conversation happening today. And so every technology sector has to think about whether security is a key component of their product offering. And as a result of that, we've had companies that have come from the IoT sector, companies that are in the distributed computing uh, sector. We've had companies that are in the blockchain or blockchain-like technologies uh, that have participated. Identity and access management has been a big part. Uh, cybersecurity education and training, privacy and compliance, uh, quantum computing. So the, just the spread of companies that have gone through the accelerator are, are really interesting and broad. And the reason we've kept that is because, you know, I've shared this before, is that I just don't view cybersecurity as a vertical. I view it as a horizontal. And the fact that it's now being integrated in so many broad sectors and so many different technology initiatives. And, and on top of that, every single startup has to start thinking about their own security as a key component, which will become a value add in how they sell. So as they start thinking about integrating those features into their uh, product line, security could be a place where they see a tremendous amount of focus developing as well. So we'd like to encourage all of those companies uh, to see if they can get value from our programming. But of course, we've, you know, we've got a competitive process uh, for how we evaluate them. But uh, I'd say that's the nature and the type of organization that we're looking for. And of course, committed founders to the table. Hey, yeah, I, I honestly, like the... Um... It's almost like the old, the adult techno, um, idea of technology sector as a whole. Like back maybe 30 years ago, it was uh, the difference between, hey, I'm, a, I'm in a tech sector or I'm not. I'm in a different sector. And over time, we saw technology bleed into every single sector that now you tech, tech, tech is not just a sector on its own anymore. It's intertwined. And, and what you're saying, and, and I completely agree, security is the same way. Security is important for every single technology out there. And I think that, the, the point you're trying to make is that you're, you're really looking at finding founders that are thinking about security in ways that are unique and different and that can potentially test out new concepts. So it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to, at home, don't have to necessarily be a cybersecurity company or a, like a penetration testing company or anything of that. If you are building some sort of innovation in security, into your applications, into your software, into your hardware, into your into your process, into whatever you're doing, and you think it's unique and you want to figure out, hey, could this specifically on its own be something interesting aside from the from the existing business? I honestly think that would be a, a great fit as well. Would you agree, Simit? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's what we're also seeing in this particular cohort, actually. And our hope is that as we expand our programming, as we expand just the kind of offerings we have under the accelerator that we'll be able to create more of a space for those companies to also come in and you know be part of sandboxing and be part of ideation parts of their product. Exactly what you said is that there are, uh, you know, one of the words we often use in the startup ecosystem is pivoting, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that startups will pivot many times uh, before they land on that core feature or that functionality or the area that they think they can have the most impact. And I think security and the way it's integrated into so many different parts of the tech ecosystem really gives companies another opportunity to think about uh, building that line of functionality. You, you gave some examples, and I want to I throw out a few as well, as well. So like blockchain, you mentioned. So a company that's building on the blockchain is security on its own because the fact that the way they're utilizing a, a transparent distributed ledger system causes the 
inability for hacking or to move, move things around and, and fraud. So th there's an example of one. If you're building an IoT device that is communicating, let's say, a sensor somewhere, that it has to communicate with a cloud server, where it has to communicate with a physical location. And at the end of the day, you realize it needs encryption because it can't, it's not anybody can pick up the radio waves of frequency. And you found a really smart way to build encryption that's also considered security as well. Um, if you're building cloud computing, uh, quantum computing or cloud computing, and you're trying to figure out how do we exchange packets of data between people's servers, enterprise or local or consumer, and you're figuring out what is a smart protocol we can build to thwart hackers and we can improve that that security. Are all of these correct, Summit? Am I in the line of thinking that the, the, that you're looking for anybody who has built, has built some knowledge or some innovation in the world of security and says, hey, I didn't know this might be something interesting. Let me come and apply to Roger Cybersecure Catalyst and see. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and by the way, I should say, Ashley, you'd be a perfect ambassador for the program. You've <laughs> nailed out uh, some key examples. But no, to your point, um, I'd say that's exactly it. Of course, cybersecurity is a big part of the focus as a scale-up accelerator in particular. We are looking for companies that have developed a focus in that area itself. Uh, but there are companies who are still trying to figure out how to develop their product uh, roadmap and still determining what are the different parts of um, of the ecosystem they want to tap into, what sort of functionality they want to build. And there's also a place for that. And that's sort of the programming that you'll see us uh, releasing in the future is being able to support both those early stage companies that are still figuring it out and also be able to support companies that are on the growth trajectory. And our programming will probably slightly differ to those groups just to make sure that we create space for similar companies and similar stage of companies to be together in a cohort. But, I, uh, but to your point, that's exactly what we're hoping to do is continue to create innovation in the security sector in a way that people may not have thought of before and create opportunities for them to ideate in that space. Yeah, cool, cool. And that separation gives focus for you guys, gives focus for the companies. And now what I'm curious about too, is as we're talking a bit more about the programming is how long is the, is the program um, and what exactly companies who get in can expect? Yeah, no, great question. I, our program right now is about 14 weeks or I'd say approximately three and a half months of programming from start to finish. Uh, the program is supported, like I said, with our mentors, our corporate and residence partners, uh, entrepreneurs and residents, and then our small investor network that we expose our companies to uh, uh, to be able to meet and better understand the finance side of the world as well. Uh, through this program, our companies meet uh, with our mentors on a regular basis, like I said, on a weekly, daily basis. And our corporate partners support them through different parts of their organization where they'll bring in folks from their procurement side or their sales side uh, or their marketing teams or even their tech teams and cybersecurity teams to better delve into some of those nuanced details that those companies are looking for support for. And then from a programming perspective, we really cover a really wide gamut of focus across the entrepreneurial programming as well. We look at organizational road mapping and priority planning in terms of understanding what steps you need to take and in which order. We talk about problem solution fit and continuing to think about you know, product validation as it relates to the market. Uh, we discuss product road mapping and really thinking about how do you evolve your product? Uh, what are the different phases that it goes through and what are the things and, uh, and considerations you need to keep? We have some extensive programming on branding and marketing. We know that a lot of startups uh, struggle with identity development and I think uh, starting to think about that early and building some roots there really helps those companies. 
The other big part is leadership and talent management. You know, in this sector, attracting talent as a startup is hard. And not just that, you're focusing on building a team. You're trying to establish an advisory board. You're looking at leadership and guidance and, you know, for founders and executives. So really thinking about leadership and talent management as a part of our program, that, that we found a lot of support for. Um, sales and pipeline development, strategic operations. We look at financing from a capital readiness perspective and a fundraising strategy. Of course, IP strategy and legal contracts. And then, of course, pitch readiness, which we know how many founders are obsessed with just getting ready, whether it's with the elevator pitch, the 30-second intro, or uh, all of those different pieces that you have to go through. Uh, between you and I, we know uh, how many doors we're going to knock on before we start getting some results coming out of it. So we try and help them get better at it and get more comfortable with it. So those are just some elements of our programming that we have introduced. Uh, then, of course, supported by a lot of the technical components and making sure technical leaders and mentors can also support our founders. Yeah. And, and I'll probably add one more point in there as somebody who's right now in the deep in the middle of um, started the SOC 2 um, certifications and, and learning about, you know, how to go after ISO standards that are, that are global. If customers have come to you and said, hey, we can't work with you until you do this in security, um, I, me as a, as a founder, I, I have no clue how to navigate that, but I'm sure I, a part of the program as well is to have access to the, the legal and compliance teams that can help you walk through a SOC 2 licensing process or a ISO standard. Am, am I correct there, Sumit? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've got some fantastic partners. Uh, it's funny, we're just coordinating a SOC 2 workshop for our current cohort. Great. Um, we're, uh, we're certainly, you know, we've got Tory's Law, of course, is a big part of our CIR network. And they're, they've been exceptional at supporting our founders with the legal component and just the support we've received from the ecosystem. I think actually the best part has been that cybersecurity has become a very current topic. Uh, before, I'd say over, before the last few years, it used to operate in the shadows. But now with the focus uh, on technology and security and privacy, driven partially by the pandemic as well. A lot of players have come out and they're extending support for what we're building. And I think that feeds in directly to the support that we can offer our founders in return. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, you, you talked so much about, you're right, that the shadow has now come to become the part of every single technology decision that needs to be made. And I have, you know, I, I remember when I was speaking to you last time, I had actually talk to you about a time I went down to um, Milwaukee in Wisconsin and I had a chance to hear Brad Smith, the um, the president of Microsoft, who used to be the chief legal officer at the time during the Edward Snowden crisis, uh, or the, not crisis, but the in, showing what's, what everything is going on in the, in, in the ecosystem. And, and he really describes the world of technology in this way. We are either going to build tools or weapons, and consequently that's a book that he released, but tools and weapons. A technology is either going to be a tool or a weapon for humanity. How you make it a tool and not a weapon is by learning about the potential risks and pitfalls that could come to disrupt, uh, to hurt eco the ecosystem and planning ahead for that, right? And this is what a big part of it. Now, as you are sit situated in this ecosystem, you've talked a lot about accelerators and, and, the, and the programming. What are you seeing in the startup industry as a whole and trends that are, that are, that are moving forward now in 2022? I think actually one I should say and just give a little nod to the Canadian innovation ecosystem. We're doing a fantastic job of just creating support structures and driving uh, innovation. And, you know, we're starting to now be recognized on a global scale for the work that's coming out. 
in some key sectors. We've seen that in quantum computing, in the world of AI, and also in the world of security, and of course, all digital technologies. So I think Canada is doing an amazing job in fostering that culture internally. But I think we've got some you know, interesting things uh, shaping up at the same time. We're seeing an incredible amount of money being poured into the tech sector uh, at this point, coming from different groups and sources, which is great. Uh, but as we do that, I think we need to start trying to define and do a better job of clarifying outcomes that we're looking for. Uh, think about how we're reporting on KPIs and metrics. We're also seeing an incredible amount of uh, you know, discussion around how do we think about uh, a strategic procurement programs? How do we think about developing talent pipelines to support this growing ecosystem? So there's a lot of interesting conversations happening in the startup sector right now that I think are very valuable. And we're seeing a lot of different types of players come to that conversation. And of course, I think the Canadian government is continuing to think about how to support these ecosystems, both with funding as well as with resources. But for me, one of the biggest things I'd say is that the innovation sector is now starting to collaborate. We are seeing how different accelerators are now coming together to support the work that they're doing, how to develop pipelines between each other, recognizing that we support different parts of the ecosystem, different sector uh, focuses. And so that to me is probably one of the most exciting parts because it gives us an opportunity to really broaden our impact and broaden the discussion uh, and be collaborative in an environment where sometimes I think uh, in the past we've been quite silent. Uh, and you are, this is music to my ears as everything in my life with my company, Startup Fuel, and my work has all been about innovation, collaboration, you know, and, and I agree with you. And the one piece that you had touched upon earlier for, about, about your certification programs and such, and also relating to the tech sector, is the importance of educating in diversity and inclusion and allowing people from different backgrounds to come and be, to sit, have a seat at the table or have a shot. Why is that such an important piece here? Actually, first thing is cybersecurity uh, requires diversity. It needs diversity. And yet diversity continues to be a problem in cybersecurity. Uh, and, and partially why I say that is that, di you know, diversity from the perspective of people, of thinking, of backgrounds, of experiences, because when you're trying to challenge, uh, you know, deal with a security problem, you require people with that kind of diversity of thought to really problem solve and be creative in how they approach security. The other piece is, you know, we're dealing with attackers and hackers from across the world. We need a diverse group of people to be able to think like them. Mm -hmm. If we operate purely within a North American context, we'll miss some of those nuanced details that they possess uh, in their world. And the third big thing is that attackers are now collaborating. And if we don't collaborate from a defense perspective, we don't bring in more types of people, more different types of thinking into it, then we're going to struggle to keep up with that, um, uh, you know, that attack vector. So first is diversity is something that's critical to the success of cybersecurity. Uh, the other part to it is that we in the technology sector, diversity continues to grow. And we need to start getting people with different backgrounds, different types of technology experiences to also start thinking about where security is a primary issue in their sectors or in their lines of work. And that's another part that you know, we're seeing a lot of attention from is that uh, incubators and accelerators that are functioning in that immersive technology environments or digital media environments are also starting to recognize that they need to start thinking about cybersecurity as a core part of their work that they're doing.
And I'd say from a diversity perspective, the, the third biggest thing is we've got a talent shortage. And we have such a wonderful, vibrant and diverse community of people in Canada. Uh, you know, we've got such a great population of people that have come from other countries. We need to leverage that and we need to create new opportunities in a world where uh, we are seeing a shift in how technology is uh, affecting employment. Um, where, you know, we're seeing people lose their jobs because of technology and growth. We have an opportunity to reskill and upskill a population of people and use their experiences from the past to support the objectives of the future. And I, I just feel like diversity has to be a very prominent part of our conversation as we go forward. I, I, I honestly like the way you've put that uh, submitted is incredible. It's, it's just a matter of understanding that the threats and the people that make the threats are coming from diverse backgrounds. And unless we've got diverse minds combating it here at the front lines, there is no way we'll be able to stay ahead of the game. And it's, it's, it's a key message that is part of that cybersecurity mission. And, and now as we come back into, you know, talking finally about the program, you know, it, and all of this, all the catalyst, the organization, the policy, the training, all of it is wrapped up in, the, in this amazing program. And, and if I was a company, I would run to come and apply. What, what are some of the timelines and the dates um, in order for me to know what's when should I apply by? When can I hear? When does the actual program start and finish? Yeah, so we've got our uh, applications for the next cohort open currently, and they will go until the end of February um, uh, with the potential for us extending some of that to the middle of March. Uh, we run three cohorts a year. Uh, they start in January, in May, and in September, and they last for about three and a half months each. Uh, and But the programming continues to be very similar from cohort to cohort, though we may shift focus a little bit between, like I said, the earlier stage companies and some that are in the scale-up journey and recognizing that we're supporting both those groups. Uh, uh, and uh, in terms of applying, we've got a, a fairly streamlined process. We uh, Once a company applies, we have a phone call with them to better understand their needs, their motivations, make sure we're aligned. We then have an interview panel with a subject of uh, subject matter experts that are come from our, our mentor group that participate in that. And then we have a due diligence process where there's a bit of a business due diligence and a technical due diligence. And then really, uh, we uh, release results within the month of uh, applications closing. So we try to get companies to uh, recognize the time and commitment that goes into these things. You know, an accelerator is only as good as a founder's ability to make time uh, for it and their teams to make time for it. And part of our hope with our accelerator has always been to not just engage founders, but also create a space for their teams to participate. So we try to make sure that, uh, you know, we think about scheduling ahead of time. We try to build a calendar of activities that's sustainable. And then, of course, make sure that our founders understand the commitment that goes into it. Um, and that there's time and space for it. And the timing is right, uh, because we certainly want to make sure that they can get the most value out of the program. Um, but I will say just the founders that have gone through this uh, program, our alumni, are great supporters and ambassadors and continue to come back to the program so that they can help our current cohorts understand how to make best of the program. And so we've got that avenue of training as well. Great, great. And, and just to, to reaffirm, for this application period, when is the end date and when do you want people to apply by? Uh, by the first week of March, we're going to close up the application cycle for this next cohort, which is going to start in May. And then we're going to open up our next application cycle again for the following cohort uh, in May itself so that they can start applying. 
Perfect. Awesome. And and again, when the next time is closing, we'll love to have you back on the show to talk about the, the cohort again and a little bit more to go deeper. And perhaps even next time we can talk about a few cool companies that, that have come out that you would like to share um, and maybe even bring them on. But any any last words here before we before we jump off? No, actually, uh, one thank you for having me. I think um, it's great to be part of a uh, you know, part of a platform that is really trying to unify the innovation ecosystem. So great job there. Uh, lastly, I'll say, you know, cybersecurity is going to continue to be a pressing threat for us uh, and a pressing concern. But I don't want the conversation to be driven by fear alone. There's a tremendous amount of opportunity in this space. Uh, and we have to continue to think about the opportunities that cybersecurity creates for us, whether it's a, as a cyber entrepreneur, whether it's to be a cyber talent participating in that world, or whether it continues to be, um, you know, just how you can leverage security to amplify uh, how your organization operates and create a competitive advantage. So I'd say to all of those innovators out there who are considering security as a key part of their organizations or their product lines, this is a great time to be part of this ecosystem. And we're here to support you. And if you're still wondering whether you should participate, reach out to us and we'd love to give you some more information. Yeah, and all the links to where to reach out to Simit and his team will be listed in the show notes where you're, wherever you're listening to this. Um, and, and anybody else, not just startup companies, should reach out. Um, investors that want to see what the great stuff that they're doing in companies that they've worked with. Um, corporate, other corporate companies that want to say, hey, look, we got to get our leaders trained as well or be part of this ecosystem. Um, anyone across the academics and policy, you know, uh, Sumit and the Roger Cybersecure Catalyst is a beacon a beacon for where this industry should be going and doing a, a great job to cover every pillar needed here. So thank you so much again, Simon, for coming on the show. Um, I will make sure that all the details are posted below so that everyone can have a chance to apply and connect with them. And just a few last words about cybersecurity. The most important thing is we don't want to be reactive. We want to be proactive. Okay, this is the most important thing about security. We as humans tend to make this mistake of allowing things to go wrong before realizing we need to we need to do something to fix it. But this is an opportunity in where we are today, working with groups like the like Summit and, and Rogers Cybersecurity, to be proactive, go out, innovate, get be one step ahead of everybody else who is the threats, the attackers out there, and start building innovations that at the core of what it's supposed to do is to protect the interest of the people and the communities around us. And if you can keep that at the heart, and if you keep that at the core, there's nothing that future threats will come about that we can't solve as smart, good humans. So with that being said, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, thank you so much for coming on, this, on the show, Summit. And uh, um, any, any last words you want to wrap up here? No, thank you so much, Ashley. Uh, pleasure to be here. And I, I really appreciate you putting that final call out. We would really love to hear from corporate partners who want to participate and support the ecosystem. We love mentors who want to give back and support some of these organizations. And of course, there's tons of opportunities to collaborate. And I think in the spirit of collaboration, I'd love to hear from all of those who simply want to have a conversation or, or, or discuss this topic more. Uh, it's through those discussions that we learn more and we grow as an organization. Uh, and once again, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yep, and, and I'm seeing that theme in security to defeat, we need to collaborate. And collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. Thank you so much, everybody. Remember, this is Startup Legends, where we interview rockstar entrepreneurs, investors, accelerators, uh, incubators, corporates, anybody doing anything in the innovation, tech, or startup ecosystem locally or globally. Keep hacking, keep hustling, and we'll catch you on the next time.